Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We are about to begin the study of the next book of the 12 Minor Prophets. Since we just finished the study of Amos, we are going to move to the next, which is the book of Ovadia or Obadja. Now, Ovadia is a very short book, not so well known, um, and it's only one chapter. But, of course, there is much to learn from this one small chapter. Now, the focus of Ovadia is the focus on the, the day in the future when the implacable enemy foe of the people of Israel, the people of Edom, will be destroyed in the future times because of their um, enmity of the people of Israel. Now, the people of Edom were the descendants of Jacob's brother, Asaph, and they lived in the kingdom uh, of Edom, uh, which surrounded, which uh, uh, one of its most important features was the mountain of Seir, Har Seir. So often the, the terms Seir and Edom are interchangeable. And this is located in roughly today where southern Jordan and southern Israel is. Um, and they were kind of like a thorn in the side of Israel for many, many years. But Ovadja devotes his entire prophecy to the destruction to the discussing the destruction of Edom. Now, the uh, Jewish tradition has it that Ovadia was a uh, convert to Judaism from, uh, and he himself was from Edom, uh, which, which may explain to some extent his, his, his significant interest in the people of Edom, possibly he having followed the right path and chosen the path of righteousness, uh, and the, his people, though, uh, spurned that path and chose a different path of evil, which might explain to some reason, to some extent, why Ovadia was so uh, obsessed, so to speak, with Edom. Uh, it's also uh, noted that um, this Ovadia appears uh, in in the Book of Kings in the discussion as the servant of the evil king of the northern kingdom Ahab whether this is the same person or not is somewhat debatable but uh, assuming that it is the same one then this this Ovadia was the one who saved the prophets of God from the king Ahab and uh, king Ahab who was trying to kill them all and personally made sure to hide them and feed them and protect them and uh, the tradition has it that um, that God rewarded him with the prophecy, so that a person should convert from the idolatrous nation of Edom and come to serve in the king's house, in a, who the king himself was an evil idol worshiping man who tried to slaughter the the uh, the prophets of God, and then to be the one who even in that environment is able to choose the righteous path. Uh, gives us a little sense of who this Ovadia was. But I would like uh, to um, talk a little bit about uh, Edom and the significance of Edom uh, in the words of the prophets and why they are so important. So I'm going to start by mentioning a few places where Edom and the Edom is singled out for significant destruction. Uh, those of us that studied Isaiah with me uh, may remember the um, the uh, the words in Isaiah 34 
where Isaiah 34 verse 5 where God is talking uh, where uh, Isaiah is, is discussing the um, the the punishments uh, that God will mete out in the future against the nations who don't humble themselves before God and then and it's a this is an extremely graphic and powerful um, punishment where it says the prophet quotes God saying the my my sword is will be drunk in the sky that my sword will be drunken it will be like slaughtering and slaughtering like like in a drunken way and it will come down on the people of Edom and my justice will come down on the nations that I am I, I have uh, doomed so to speak this is uh, for some reason it singles out Edom and it continues going on the next verse uh, Cherev, uh, the, the sword of God is full of blood it says in their tremendous butchery or slaughter Edom in the land of Edom and again, Isaiah, um, it's very graphic and very difficult to read. It's so, it sounds so hard. But again, in Isaiah 63, uh, uh, he begins off by, by discussing God and an image, seeing image of God coming in clothing full of blood. And God is coming from Batra, which is the capital city of Edom. And, and God says um, uh, that, that he is... He is, you know, coming from from meeting out this punishment in Edom, but in those places, Isaiah doesn't explain to us. So, what was so bad? Why Edom? Why single out Edom? Um, there's other um, places where uh, uh, we see this. I mean, if we look for a moment at um, at Ezekiel, also in Ezekiel 25. Uh, uh, similarly, Ezekiel also singles out his Komar, uh, so says God, because of what Edom has done um, when they took revenge against the people of Judah and they sinned that way, therefore I'm going to strike them down and, and, and so on. And it describes again a punishment against Edom. So this Ezekiel gives us a little bit of a hint. It has something specific to do with the relationship between Edom and Yehuda. That that um, that that's the reason for this in singling out of Edom for punishment. Let's go net back now in history a little bit and discuss the history of Edom and the relationship to the Jewish people, and. With this, we might understand what specifically is is so important about about the people of Edom. If we go back to um, all the way back to the Book of Numbers, Bamidbar, the story when the um, when the uh, Jewish people had wandered through the desert and they were coming towards the land of Israel, and they needed to pass through the land of Edom in order to get into Israel. Um, in that particular chapter, the people had just gone through the, the death of one of their great leaders, the, the sister of, of Mo, Moshe, the sister of Moses, Miriam, and then the event of the waters coming from the rock, the people were thirsty. And then they get to the land near Edom and they want to pass through. And Moshe, Moses sends sends messengers to the king of Edom saying so says your brother Israel remember referring to Israel as their brother because 
they are very close in, in, in ethnicity, close in language. We know this from archaeological sources as well. In fact, we find in Edom ancient inscriptions of names very similar to the name that the that uh, that God take has the name of of Yud K Vav K the name which uh, how God's name is written we find these in the in writings in the Edomite ex, uh, archaeological finds so the the culture was similar that they they didn't worship God as a, as a monotheistic way but but the traditions the ideas were things they were familiar with and they they were Semitic they were cousins. Uh, closely related. So Moshe approached them, so says your brother Israel. You know about all of the suffering that we have went through. We went through the slavery in Egypt and now God saved us and, and please let us go through your thing. We won't bother you. We won't touch your fields. We won't do anything. We won't, we'll just go on the road. We won't even leave the road. Nothing. And then, the, but the king of Edom said, no, don't pass through my land because if you do, I'm going to cut you down by sword. And then they then then they they answered again and begged them again. No, we won't even anything we get from you. We'll buy from you. It'll even be a financial boon. We'll travel through and we'll buy your water, food. No, don't come through. So we see this behavior where Edom was being approached as a brother, but they spurned Israel instead of acting like a brother relative should. They acted with vengeance. They acted with hate. So the ones who were the closest to Israel, the ones that had the option and the opportunity to be a help and to be an aid and to, be, and, to, and to learn from each other, chose the opposite path. They chose the path of jealousy, the path of vengeance, and so on. If we move on along in history, and we see um, uh, Edom... In, when, in the times of ascendancy, when the, when the, Israelite, the Israelite, Israelite kingdom was, was, was strong and they were worshiping God appropriately, we see that they were able to subdue the Edomites. So if we look at, at Samuel, um, in Samuel 2, uh, chapter 8, we see how when King David was at his height, when the kingdom was at his height, he conquered Edom and and they became vassals to the kingdom of Judah, which they remained until later on in history, which we're going to get to in a moment. Then they remained that way through the days of the King Solomon. But then if we look in Kings 1, we'll see that as soon as King Solomon turned away from God and the kingdom was weakened because Solomon turned away from God, the first thing that happened was, what did God do? It says in, in Kings 1, chapter 11, verse 14, it says there that, um, that Vayokom Hashem Soton Lishlomo, God made an enemy, an enemy to Shlomo. And who was that? Es Hadad Ho Edomi. This man named Hadad, who was from Edom, who was from the family of the kings of Edom. And then the, the verses there remind us how David had subdued Edom, but now as soon as Shlomo. Solomon started veering away from God, Edom immediately sensed that weakness and came in and attacked. We see further on um, when, with, uh, with, uh, as we move further on in history when the king Jehoram, who was the son of Jehoshaphat, was the king of Judah, when in his day, this is in Kings 2, chapter 8, in the days that he 
chose to turn away from God and uh, weaken the people by starting to again worship idols and so on, the first thing that happened was Biyamav Pasha Yehuda. That right away the Edomites rebelled and attacked Yehuda. And in fact, not only did they attack, but Gamhu Asa, as we see in um, in Chronicles, by the same story, that he went and he built in Yehuda altars to the um, to the idols. So Edom has this thing where whenever he senses weakness. He attacks rather than having pity on or rather than working with the brother the ones that they're close with they find their weakness and attack um, this pattern of behavior is uh, is is alluded to when we just learned the book of Amos if you recall in the book of Amos in chapter 1 uh, he, he addresses Edom and he says I can forgive Edom. God says I can forgive Edomites for everything, but on the fourth thing, I will. I cannot forgive them. What is that? Instead of having mercy on his brother, he went ahead and chased his brother with sword. This is something that I cannot forgive. When you are close with someone and you have the ability to be influenced for good by them and to influence them for good, because you're close, you're the one that should be the closest with them. You should be the closest allies, but instead you turn against them. This is the sin of Edom, and this is what makes Edom so um, so outrageously um, uh, evil that they could not be forgiven. If we move on, uh, I would like to, of course, quote from... Uh, the Psalm 137, which is a reference to the destruction of the Babylonians, uh, the, the kingdom of, of Israel, uh, the, the Psalm says the people cried and they asked, uh, and the Psalm ends with the, with the request for vengeance against Edom. The people of Edom who said, go destroy it, go destroy it. This is a reference to what happened at the end of the first temple when it was the Babylonians that destroyed the kingdom, not the Edomites, but the Edomites cheered them on and egged them on. This again, Edom had a chance to ally themselves with Israel and help defend their brother, and instead they chose to egg on the enemy. In a similar way we find when the Assyrians invaded Judah, the Edomites did the same thing, and they, um, they betrayed uh, they, they initially told the, the, the kingdom of Judah that they would help fight the Assyrians, but they ended up def, uh, f uh, fighting alongside the Assyrians and betrayed the people of Judah. So we see this pattern repeating itself over and over again. The um, of Edom being the ones that should be close, but they're not. Uh, this, of course, is alluded to in, in the book of Genesis when um, when Jacob uh, was giving I'm sorry I mean when Isaac was giving uh, the blessings to Jacob thinking that uh, he was Aesop and then Aesop came in after Jacob left and and Isaac told Aesop that you know I don't have any blessings left for you and then and then Aesop begged him the blessing that that Isaac gave Aesop reads as follows that that you will um, 
he will uh, live in in a place of 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 fat of the earth, and you'll have you'll mitalashemayim. Uh, you'll get from the dew of the heavens, and you will live by your sword, and you will serve your brother, and it will be that when um, you go, um, you rebel against him, you will throw his oak from your neck. In other words, Isaac was predicting that the descendants of Esau were going to um, be in this in this in this uh, uh, sometimes subservient to Jacob and sometimes they would rebel against Jacob and and this set up a stage for a fight that lasted for for centuries and centuries and centuries now there's another aspect to to Edom which I would like to draw upon which is very closely related and that is um, if we look back in in uh, Isaiah 21 um, Isaiah was at the t- in, in this section of Isaiah he was uh, addressing the various nations of the world but when he addresses the nation of Edom it, it's very small he only talks there's two very cryptic verses and uh, when we studied Isaiah together I gave an explanation which I'm going to re- repeat again now um, it says Masa Duma the, the burden of Duma of Edom they call to me from Seir and they ask me questions. This guardian, and I'm translating it the way I translated it then. You can go back and listen to that podcast um, for more detail. But this guardian, God, what is it of the night? Why is it? And I translated this as follows. Why is it that evil can come from him? You are teaching us. This is what Edom is, is asking. Some of the most basic questions of theodicy, which are, you're telling us there's such a thing as monotheism, that God is one. Yeah, it's okay, we can understand that there's this God, that God, but you're telling us that God is one. If that's the case, that there is one Shomer, one watchman, then why is there nighttime, right? And then they repeat the question, Shomer, Mami Lel, why is it that there is a night? Why could there be darkness coming from this one God? It makes no sense to them. They should only, and then, and then, his answer was, Omar Shomer, the guardian says, no. They both come from God. Also, Voker, morning light will come, Vigam Laila, and also night will come. And Imtivayun, if you have questions, Isaiah tells them, Ba'ayu, it is okay to ask those questions. Shuvu Esayu, come, ask questions. But the Edomites refused to ask questions, but rather they decided to throw out the idea of monotheism. And whenever given the opportunity, as we've seen so far, whenever given the opportunity to learn better, they did the opposite. They tried to push onto Yehuda the idea of polytheism, which, as we know from all of our studies, comes from their arrogance. Now, um, we see this, uh, this, this was my interpretation, or our interpretation, of those verses in Isaiah. But we see this again several times, hinted to, in some other places as well. Jeremiah, when he talks about um, the the uh, the uh, destruction of Edom, he curiously, but now maybe not so curiously, refers to the the ideas and philosophies of Edom, which is unusual because when he when he, when when he's criticizing the other nations. Jeremiah there, and one day hopefully we'll get to study it too. This is in chapter 49 of Jeremiah. Um, he talks about their, their, their evil ways, their, their evil deeds. 
But but when he talks about Edom, he says, Koam, and this is verse 7, chapter 49, La Edom, to Edom, so says God. Ha'en od chachma b'teman. Is there no more wisdom? Did knowledge get lost from the children? Their entire body of knowledge and wisdom is, is, has, has gotten rotten and stale. So, and then it continues with that idea, with the idea of the knowledge, with the philosophy of Edom as being the cornerstone of their problem. They had a problem with the idea of monotheism, they didn't understand it, and therefore they rebelled against it. This is not just in Jeremiah, but this also we're going to read in the next podcast. When we read Ovadia, we'll see the same thing. In verse 8 of chapter 1 of Ovadia, it says, Hello, on that day God will say, I am going to get rid of those wise people, those 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 the scholars of Me'adom, Chachamim Me'adom, and the understanding, in other words, the ideas that they represent. So this is what um, Ovadja is talking about when he um, when he's talking about the 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 the, um, the heresy of, of of Edom, and and this then becomes it. It's not just it gets to be much deeper than a, than just a uh, a philosophical argument, but they take it into their physical hands and they fight against the people of Yehuda in order to profess their philosophy. Um, so now we, I think we have an understanding as to what the significance is of this particular battle between Edom and Israel and why it figures so much in the words of the prophets as we have mentioned. It, it figures so much because number one, it signifies the battle between the ideas and the arrogance of the polytheists versus the monotheists versus the entire idea that Judah and, and, and Israel stands for. That's number one. And number two, they, they are the ones who were most able to absorb the ideas of monotheism. They are the ones that were most able to act like brothers, but instead they chose to act like enemies. They were the they, they were the ones that should have learned, but they didn't, and instead they chose to fight. So, thank you for um, listening to this introduction. In the next podcast, we're going to go ahead and study Obadiah together. <laughs>